You are now listening to the Hot Take Hot Box. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. That was the iconic Mike Camp playing us in with his dulcet tones. Not exactly sure what that means, but I'm rolling with it. Hot Take Hot Box, folks. Some show notes. There'll be a whole UFC breakdown and preview again this week. I'm going to try and do them as as much as possible. Haven't gotten around to really doing the preview, but I'm going. We're going to lay it all down. I'm going to have a former, uh, you know, ho- you know, counterpart of mine, Tiger Pone. We're going to do the whole uh, beginning to end of UFC 259, and we'll talk about Edwards and Muhammad. We'll do the whole picks again. I-, I killed it on Saturday. You missed it if you didn't listen to the podcast. I was cashing out. I gave you the picks on there, and if you didn't listen to her, I'm sorry, but I will continue to do it for weeks and weeks and months and years, and for the rest of my life, folks, you just got you got to listen. You got to get in there before the fights go down, uh, and, but there will be weeks where I get hammered, and I have gotten smashed before, but this weekend, you got to celebrate them when you have good ones. We did good, and we're going to keep it rolling, folks. Muhammad and, uh, and Edwards... It's going to be a great welterweight fight main event on uh, Saturday evening. Uh, main card starts around 8 o'clock, so I'm looking forward to it. Back to the uh, the centralized focus of what we got going on here, which is the Philadelphia sports scene and what there is to talk about. So it's kind of, it's kind this one's going to be a little slow. That's based, just based off the fact that the news has been so slow, you know? I mean, the NBA All-Star game happened. Our guys didn't play in it. They wound up not getting COVID, but, you know, mixing up with a barber who had COVID, which, you know, is only our luck. But honestly, I'm, I mean, it's sad that they're going to miss a couple games, but I didn't want them to play. If you listen last week, I didn't want them to play that much anyway. So best case scenario, they don't play at all. You know, no real risk of injury. They, they, they didn't get COVID. So, I mean, that one, I mean, it probably went as well as possible. It's just sad that you know you don't get MB doesn't get the showcase and uh, you know doesn't get to just show off in front of the you know millions of fans that are watching and the large audience that I'm sure that the All Star Game brings about. <clears throat> but it, you know I don't really care. That it doesn't really matter to me. That's not what this my focus is. What the team's focus is, and what the central focus of this city and this podcast is. And that's winning a championship, and that's winning an NBA Larry O'Brien trophy and bringing it home to the city of Philadelphia. That's still the focus, and that will continue to be the focus. So, you know, we're getting closer and closer to that trade deadline. Again, no moves have been made. I believe we are one, two, three. I think we're like 17 days away, like two and a half weeks, I believe. I believe it's around the, the uh, I want to say it's real, the last weekend of March is. The, I, th- I think I've said it on here multiple times. I think it's the 27th of March is the trade deadline. As I look it up right here, real quick. 25th. All right, 25th of March. That'll be the trade deadline. What are the Sixers looking at? What are what are the deals? What are the rumors? I was looking a little earlier just to see, you know, what are people talking about now? and what are What are we supposed to get excited about? An example of some of the names the Sixers are being linked to. Will Barton is like the latest name I saw uh, on an NBC Sports article. Uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia, that is. Uh, other names, PJ Tucker, DeLon Wright, George Hill. Uh, and 
and it mentions Larry Nance Jr. as well, which he's exciting because he can, you know, at least he provides some athleticism that you can get off the bench, and the, he would replace the Mike Scott role that I've been complaining about, the, the fact that that guy is getting valuable, <clears throat> important minutes is not, uh, you know, it's not conducive. It's not parallel. It does not match up with a championship team. I don't think Mike Scott getting meaningful minutes will will spell well for a championship team. So, Larry Nance, perfect. Uh, P.J. Tucker, a little past his prime. I wouldn't mind it if it was for nothing, but I don't think that that really does anything. Will Barton, I like him, and he is exciting. Uh, that, but it doesn't like you know. Really excite me. I mean, DeLon Wright's a great player, and so is George Hill. These are all, like, you know, I I guess these aren't going to be exciting names. I'm not going to get excited about guys who are probably going to come off our bench or guys who aren't going to, you know, be the, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to ex- get excited about Will Barton or P.J. Tucker, DeLon Wright, George Hill, even if they can help the team, which they probably will. But I'm getting a little worried in the sense that I don't think we're going to be able to get anything. Now I'm hearing that Kyle Lowry is not going to get traded before the deadline, which is disappointing because I wanted them. But at the same time, uh, you know, uh, for the right price, and he's not going to be the you know game. It's not exactly what we need, but it, he would help. You know, we talk. I've talked about it a million times. So I'm getting a little worried that we're going to be, you know, we're going to lose out in this game of musical chairs, and we're not going to end up with a guy that we want, uh, you know, and, and a lot of this is, has to do with the fact that other guys and, you know, other teams, they, well, mainly, mainly other teams, they don't have to trade these guys. They don't have to give them to a certain team. They can just hold on to them. And, and you know, I, I know a lot of these are expiring deals. They want to get something for them. So that, 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 you know, there's uh leverage on both sides per se. So maybe the Sixers get something done. The buy, I mean, the buyout market could be good. We're still hearing names like Josh Hart and Lonzo Ball, but we're not hearing that with any uh, sincerity or a- any like heat behind them. Where you act, you know, the deal is going to get done. Like the James Harden, you knew that it was getting close. the The stories were ramping up. People were kicking out stories on both sides, and you, you just you know you you knew something was going to happen soon. Here with the Sixers, uh, there's not exactly a rush given the fact that now it's it's Thursday the 11th, 25th. Now now we found out is the deadline, so it's two exactly two weeks from today that there you know we're gonna have to we'll, we'll have a you know at least one uh, shoe will drop on, on the in regards to who we see the Sixers add and who who the who you know how much better is this team gonna get and personnel because then the only thing that would be left is that buyout market. The buyout market that we've, I only remember one good year with uh, Ilyasova and Bellinelli, and they tell us how lucky we got with those late late guys and you know, whatnot. So uh, my um, I'm starting to become a little worried and get a little concerned in the sense that I just don't think we're gonna end up with anything of consequence. I don't want I, the uh, and I'm curious to see what I mean. Daryl Morey is a great GM. He will he, he probably will get something done. So maybe I'm just that Negadelphia sort of just negative vibes are kicking in, but I'm just, I, I'm, I'm not, I can't lie to you. I'm getting, I'm just getting a little worried. You know, I, I don't want to see, you know, last year, what did we get? Like, uh, Glenn Robinson, the third and, and Alec Burks. And, you know, I can't remember. I'm sure that I think there was another one, but I can't remember that. That didn't do it. It's not going to do it. 
I'm I I like Will Barton. I like Larry Nance. I like the younger, more athleticism. I don't you know. But are these are these guys really gonna push us over the top? Are they what we need? I mean, maybe we don't need that much. Maybe we just need to you know tinker and add a couple pieces. And I I I I've been saying that. So maybe the trade deadline. I'm just getting too excited. I want you know I want to hear some big names. I'm not hearing any big names being circulated. So it'll probably just be a uh, lower key sort of uh, situation. Barton averaging 11.6 points per game. Curious to see what he's shooting from three. It doesn't say it on what I'm looking at right now, but uh, may, you know maybe that's uh, Will the Thrill. I'm pretty sure he was the guy that showed up in the dunk contest and absolutely laid a dud. If I remember correctly, he is shooting from three point percentage. I know you're all dying to know. Thirty eight percent more towards thirty nine on here. I mean, career he's like a thirty. Uh, I mean, is that really what we need? I thought Will Barton was like a uh, scorer off the bench sort of thing, and I'm looking at his life. I mean, he's scoring. He's playing 30 minutes a night, 16, 14, 14, 15. I mean, you know that that could help, but again, that's that's all for the right price. Sometimes when you hear these names, it's like you, you know, you're like, oh yeah, I'm in, and then you find out what the other team wants for them. You're like, what? No, fuck no. And it's nothing really against the player's the player, but you know, I'm just not paying that. You know, I don't know what the comparison is. If you were gonna like go to go out to dinner, or say you go to Chick Fil A, I was like, "Yo, uh, sandwiches! Say this sandwich is thirty five bucks." Well, no, I'm not gonna eat that sandwich. I'm gonna go get a sandwich from somewhere else, much cheaper sandwich. Maybe it's not as good. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Just made a sandwich analogy, but you know what I'm saying. The the the, the like we said, I've always said on this podcast, and I will always say in real life, the price is what the team says it is. And they have the choice to trade or not trade, you know, because of the whole contract. And that's just, that's just like the, you know, I'm sure some hardcore capitalist will tell me that's what the, you know, that's a capitalist system. That's how it's done. You know, supply and demand, all those words. I I don't, I I don't really care, but that's, that's what it is. And I'm just concerned that I I feel like these teams are going to try and squeeze more out of the, you know, squeeze more out for these players than they're really worth. And I'm just worried the Sixers don't end up getting one of these guys. They get bought out and go to... It seems like everyone's going to Brooklyn. Drummond might go to Brooklyn now, which I, I'm not really worried about. But, the, the you know, it's not... It's not like the more and more pieces that they're getting, I'm just like, come on, man. They... We 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 gotta we're gonna have we have an arms race with them guys. We got we have to add as many pieces and we have to get as powerful and as potent as we possibly can to match up with these guys. So that you know, I mean, they got Drummond and Blake Griffin, and you could say that Blake Griffin's not having a good year and whatever. But once all those guys are healthy, that's that's a lot of players that you're playing against. That's getting deep, not yeah you know, at the end of the bench, but those that top top five. I mean, you know, it doesn't even matter. That's the thing, though. None of that even matters. You can argue Dr- Drummond and whatever and Griffin. They're not the, really that big of pieces and we whatever. But that three is going to be tough to beat without those other guys. And adding those in, it's like, you know, just topping, toppings on the ice cream. I've I'm, I'm got all the food analogies today, brother. All day long. So the Sixers got, what, five games coming up this week. Which is a lot. We're gonna have a lot to talk about next week. This week, you know, like I said, 
not with no no real games of impact and you know uh, the Phillies are playing meaningless games and the uh, I'm starting to get a little more into the Flyers just you know for the for the sake of this podcast and all my puck heads out there but Sixers got five games we got a matchup tonight against the Bulls which love 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 to see that because that means you know Embiid would usually go off but guess what he's not playing because he's got COVID. So, you know, he doesn't have COVID. He's in the protocol. All right? He's in the protocol. So, we got to match up with the ninth-seeded ninth, ninth seeded, uh, Bulls, which could be, you know, it could be a first-round matchup, we'll say. But then we got the Wizards in a back-to-back to kick it off out of the break. These are two road games. Bulls and then Wizards, I believe, is a no, – I'm surprised not a national TV game on Friday night. Maybe maybe the, the app is wrong, though, but – the Wizards, it's surprising like how bad they are uh, record-wise, 14-21. I mean, I know they've had a couple injuries, Thomas Bryant and whatnot, but uh, you would just think that those guys, him and Russ Westbrook would be a little bit better in the East. I mean, some of the teams that they're, uh, they're behind, it's like, you know, Hawks. The Hawks are, it's crazy. The Hawks are always bad. Ever since they, they got rid of their Joe Johnson crew, they, they've just been bad. Trey Young. Not always cracked up to be. There's a little bit of Atlanta disrespect while I'm here. I mean, the East is pretty. It's pretty bad, like it always is. But anybody can get got. Anybody can get got on a back to back, and then uh, you know, in the NBA, you really, you know, these Sixers got to be on on their p's and q's. They they got to be, uh, you know, these these first couple of games without the guys. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's going to be either. I think. Joel can come back Friday night. He's going to have to sit out t- tonight. He can come back tomorrow. And Simmons will be back by Sunday, which their first home game with fans is on Sunday. So we got Bulls, Wizards, and then Spurs Sunday night. I will be in the building representing the Hot Take Hotbacks in the city of Philadelphia. God, I'm excited, man. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited to get just, just like get back in the arena and just go out and... You know, I I feel like I took it for granted the last time I was there. It just always seemed like I'd be able to go back whenever. And as with everything in the pandemic, I feel like I have a greater appreciation for it and newfound respect. So I am looking forward to going to the game. I'll wear my mask the whole time. I'll follow the rules. I swear, whatever I got to do to get into the game. Watch my Sixers get back into the Wells Fargo Center. I wonder if the Wells Fargo Center smells the same. You all know what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, when they once they get all the food fired up, and once you get out there, it just it has. I don't know, man. It has an aura. It has a feel, and uh, I'm just excited to see what it looks like and excited to experience going to a game in this sort of environment because I really hope it's going to be over soon and we'll talk about this with our kids in years from now and say, man, that was crazy and that we never ever ever have to go back and we're never not allowed to go see our Sixers, see our Phillies, you know, thank God we didn't have to go to the Eagles this year. Cause it would have, I think it would have gotten uglier even quicker. The Eagles season would have been nuts. Apparently the more, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but you know, it would have been nuts if the fans were there booing them. Maybe they probably would have had him out of there by week eight. If, you know, but they were listening to WIP. So, uh, you know, I guess they were making the decisions based off that. So after Sunday, Sixers, of course, it like you know, it goes away from me on, on my phone. That's why you get, can't trust electronics, folks. God, I'm about to start talking, sounding like an old man, an old man. 
Uh, so we got Spurs Sunday, Knicks at home Tuesday, and then a big game on a back-to-back against the Milwaukee Bucks on Wednesday night. So I'm sure we'll have some fresh hot takes to, you know, to hot box. You know, right? You know, I'm getting corny as fuck, dude. I hate this. I I I, re- I really hate myself. But uh, they're the third seed in the East. We're the first seed. That's a true test. That's what you could see in the second round, or you know. You could see it in the fucking Eastern Conference Finals, so I, you know, that that's like that Jazz game. That that's a matchup that I will, you know, be locked in on and just ready, like just not like. And again, it doesn't prove anything in the long in the grand scheme of things, but it's nice to see. It's just a, a measuring stick. It is always good to see your team against other teams. Just see how far away you are or what the deal is. Can we handle these guys? Could we beat these guys? It doesn't mean we're going to, but could we? Can we hang with them? How far away are we? You know, I'll, I'll be concerned if we, it's only concerning when you go out there and you get blown out by thirty, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like when we couldn't stop Giannis, we couldn't do this, we couldn't do that. So I, I'm I'm curious, and I'm excited to see what what the squad looks like in the in the coming week, and see what they how they do in that Bucks game. And back to back is going to be tough, but it is home. They're home all week, uh, you know, after that Friday Wizards game. So Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they're, yeah, and then they don't have a road game until until the following Sunday, the 21st, against the Knicks, which isn't really a road game. Then they would have to go to, then they go out west, which it's going to get tough then, which we'll talk about next week. If just a, We'll go a little look ahead here. I mean, Jesus. They play the Sunday, the 21st, which is the last, last uh, Eastern Conference game, or you know, East Coast game. Then they go Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. Come home. They play the Cavs away, and then they they don't come home. They just come closer to the East Coast, go to Cleveland, stopping Cleveland to, you know, always lose to them, it feels like. But then, you know, it seems like they're, they're going to – a lot of these home games are going to be back-to-backs because then they come back and they have a back-to-back with – um, the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies, which should be two wins, but back, like I just said, anyone can get got in the NBA in a back-to-back. Anyone can get can get got on any night, but you are specifically more susceptible to the to the slip-up game or just the you know poorly played and just we had no effort game than you usually are. So Sixers trade deadline, all that we look forward to. Next week will be one. We'll be one week away from the trade deadline. I hope we either have made a move or news is going to kick up and we get something done. I, I you know, I'm curious to see what Daryl Morey does and whatnot. So moving on, we'll talk a little bit about the Eagles, a little bit about the nonsense that has been going on with all you know. Jeffrey Laurie apparently making decisions based off of uh, WIP, and he's been meddling a lot more than you know than has been previously reported. He was apparently influential in the pick for Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know now people are accusing him of lying about uh, the rebuild that he has no intention on rebuilding. He's restruct the restructuring deals with these old guys, and it's. Pretty much status quo and business as usual here for our Philadelphia Eagles. And, I mean, you, uh, I wouldn't call you a liar. That's for sure. 
Because that's, that's, uh, that's what it looks like. If what he said, the reason that, you know, and I read the Marcus Hayes thing, and, and he's right. Though. Like, if you said you were going to, you know, the reason for getting rid of Doug Peterson is that you were going to rebuild and he wasn't on the page, he wasn't on the right page with you and you wanted to, you know, I, I, I don't know, just do the same hinky strip down tank rebuild and just, you know, like it, it, he wasn't, he was going to try and win games this year and you're not really about that. That's basically what you said. And then you go and you bring, you know, all these, you know, uh, you know, the, the it, it, so basically if you were going to do that, the true way to do it would have been to get rid of everyone that was above a certain age, probably 31, you know, 30, 31, 32, anyone that's in their thirties pretty much would get, would get the ax. If you're really, if you're truly, truly trying to save money and not really worried about winning games next year, he's right. You would just get rid of all those guys, but and like like he said in this article, you know, it's not a horrible lie to tell, but a lie is a lie. Like I'm, you know, and he's like, I, I personally, I'm happy about that. I, I, I want to win games next year. I don't want to be a, you know, I don't want to put Jalen Hurts out there to the wolves and having him getting ripped apart. And I'm pretty sure that that's something, you know, what that has something to do with it. I think that there's an affinity that Jeffrey Lurie has for, for Jalen Hurts, I think. There's a lot in play with that whole Russell Wilson them missing out on. I don't know what it is, but this seems like he chose that like that this was going to be his baby, and he is going to like he was. It, it, think about it. Think about it. If the owner of the football team suggested while while they have Carson Wentz, you know he they 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 have their franchise quarterback who they're paying you know boatloads of money to. And he is going down into into the you know into the scouting room and into the uh, war room of the draft, and he's going. Guess what, guys? I am in love with Jalen Hurts. That is the guy I want. That is the guy I think I believe in him. You know, he was to be an insurance pop. However, he justified it. I'm pretty sure he did. He doesn't even have to justify it. He's the owner of the football team. He came down there, and if he said that he wanted him, or you know, if he was very influential. In, in the decision to take him, I mean, that's all you need. That's all you need to hear. You hear that? You're like, all right, guess we're guess we're picking Jalen Hurts in the second round. And my mind was blunt. Like it, it still doesn't make sense to me why you would do like they they. It's, the Eagles for the last like three years have been saying one thing and doing another. It, it they they have said that they were gonna like you know surround. Whatever, they were just like, the whole Nick Foles, the, the, the Nick Foles thing was like, you know, Carson was worried about Nick Foles looking over his shoulder, and we're going to get rid of that distraction, and we're just going to focus on Carson, and then he, you know, gets hurt in the, what, in the playoff game, and they, what, get throw that to the wind, and they say, okay, we're going to pick Jalen Hurts now, we're going to pick an insurance policy to back him up, or to what, you know, to eventually take over his job. I won't lie to you, this is an enormous problem, and I struggle to, uh, you know, find the right words to describe the situation accurately, but it seemed like it, his level of meddling, and we always thought that, oh god, we remember when we talked about, we, glad that our owner isn't anything like Jerry Jones, you know, Jerry Jones is always getting himself involved in football shit, and he, you know, always is... 
ruining what you know what the the team wants to do and the making the horrible do whatever you know just an owner who's not a football guy meddling in football decisions has always been a you know no go in in the NFL and just you know in co- common practice just you know no we're we're not go with that but Jeffrey Lurie is just like him he's just the the covert quiet secret version of him he just does everything behind closed doors, and now it's coming out. the The more that it fails, and the more that it's getting, you know, in between things, it's becoming more of a problem. And you're hearing more stories about it. And I think the dynamic, the Eagles and the Cowboys, are way closer than we like to think. I mean, you think about the whole, the at least the ownership dynamic. I mean, the only thing we, the only difference is we've won. A Super Bowl, uh, you know, since there's been TVs and stuff around. The you know, uh, it's been so long since the Cowboys have been uh, championship relevant that it's like you know ridiculous. But I wouldn't. I I I think about the ownership dynamic with the Cowboys. The Cowboys are very uh, in your face about the fact that it is like a family business. Stephen Jones is helping run the show. You know, he's like helping pick the players, and so him and Jerry are the two that are making the decisions for the Cowboys and they're putting they're putting the team out there you never hear uh thought you know word of a GM down there or like an outside person coming in and and making decisions that's why Jason Garrett was there for so long because he was he just was you know they could tell him what to do and he would do it that's what the Eagles and, and we've talked about that that this is what the Eagles want the Eagles have you know although Jeffrey Lurie doesn't have his son in there he has his his football son his work son in there Howie Roseman, which we don't understand why he hasn't been fired or why, you know, what what's the like the the love and why why won't, you know, he get rid of him? He doesn't understand it. It's because he loves him. He doesn't want him to go. He he does he does what he says. Those guys are together. They work together. They, you know, they're not he's not going anywhere. He's going to give him as much opportunity as he possibly can before these people start. I mean, until people stop buying their season tickets and what nothing's going to change for him we're not going to stop loving this team so he's not going to get rid of them that is the that's the only way and you know he listens to wip and whatnot that has not uh, to help him make decisions then obviously he's not listening to it all the time because they are shitting on howie roseman on there on a on a on a, on a weekly basis daily basis hourly basis it is happening all the time and they, you know, they, that that he does nothing about, but he's listening for other shit. God, it's just, oh god, it's so, it's it's fucking frustrating, man. It is because it, you can, it just, you wish you owned the team because it, it's really not that hard to let these guys, like, like get the. I mean, maybe it is, maybe I'm underselling it, but. If you see a guy do a job for a certain amount of time and he does it bad, just get rid of him. I, whether you love him or not, it's nothing personal, brother. But you gotta go. You're not doing the job right. But they're this, they're, they're, the Eagles and the Cowboys. We are we are very much the same, and especially that ownership dynamic. And I just you know the the more I look at it, he's not going anywhere. And hopefully they can do something about this team. I saw an Elliott Shore Parks article that said that we should do whatever we can to get Kenny Galladay. Sure, man, whatever. But it's probably not going to happen. I don't know what the Eagles are going to do. I, I, I at the in the draft now. I mean, I didn't need before, and I still don't. 
I'm still just like whatever. Yeah, not whatever, but like who I, I I still feel there's so many players at the top of the draft that they can't they can't miss on, you know, one or two. Or just I don't know. Uh, I they, they can't they're not gonna miss on on, on this guy. I, I just feel that you know like unless in typical Eagles fashion that they try to overthink it. There's so much talent at the top of this draft that you you just will you will you'll get a great player. And I'm just curious to see what what avenue they're gonna take this. Supposedly they're gonna build the team around Jalen Hurts. They want to give him a t- uh, a chance to succeed and. A chance to you know build build an actual you know roster around this guy, so that's not a trash heap where he's getting the piss beat out of him the whole game. They're gonna try and put a winning team together and at least be in the hunt for the NFC champion, or the NFC East, or at least be in the you know competitive in these games. I'm, I'm that's what I'm curious to see is how good this team can be and do the uh, Eagles look in another direction and maybe, you know, think about that quarterback still like in typical fashion where they say they're going to do one thing and then do another. Will they just reverse course and love Zach? Like, Cause I heard Zach Wilson in, in, in the inside there, like they love them. I don't know which side, if it's the coaches or the uh, front office side, which is probably the coaches because they want their own goddamn quarterback, which I don't blame them. You know, because they're like, well, you know, we like Jalen Hurts, but we don't think he's that good. You know, I don't know what they think of him, or you know, the who, what anyone thinks of him. I'm sure, I'm sure they have their opinions, but we we don't really know. He only played four games, and I guess we're gonna have to find out now and see how good he is. But maybe the those guys are enamored and love another guy, love love a Wilson, love a Fields, love someone like that. Like I've said on this podcast, I'm not against them picking a quarterback, but I just the more news I keep seeing about it, the less I think it's a possibility and less I think it could happen. Eagles, that's pretty much the uh, the talk for this week. Phillies, it's kind of slow. Guys are battling for the uh, last rotation spot. Spencer Howard, Matt Moore, Velasquez, forgetting the other name. Which, oh, and Chase Anderson. It's you know, it's not. I'm not gonna get excited about a rotate about a rotation battle. Uh, it's good to see the you know the Mickey Moniacs of the world who get, getting his praise, getting articles written about him. MLB.com changing his swing and. Just be growing, becoming a, finally becoming a you know a solid player because he was the number one pick and, and people were talking about him like he was an absolute stiff bust and he his they were just you know and he was only a 19, 20 year old kid so I imagine it's tough for these guys to be that young playing with grown ass men and you know he's got he's twenty two years old. Crazy. It feels like he's been here forever. It feels like he's had a whole career. Like he's been a bust and came back, you know, like only 22. That's the thing when you draft 18 year olds, you just don't know. It's going to take, it could take so long. Some kids are phenoms. Other guys are just overall stiffs and they'll never be great players. And some guys just, it takes them a while to grow into their body and be, you know, and, and mature and become a professional athlete. Looks like Mickey, it looks like the Mick. He, it's looking promising. I'd like to see them 
give him a chance and become the center fielder. There's a lot more time. You know, not much more, but there's more time for him to, you know, show himself here in these spring training games. They're getting thumped by the Yanks today, which, of course, is not good. But spring training doesn't really mean much, and it also could mean a lot. Flyers, Carter Hart, getting pulled every other fucking uh, night, it seems like. Very, uh, should I say, disappointed in Carter Hart because I was all in, all in. And it just seemed, it, it, I know he's a young guy, so I'm not going to get too, uh, you know, like, oh, it's over and whatever. But, you know, it's just disappointing because I, I really, you know, should say believed in that guy. Or really, like, you know, wanted to, like, I wanted, I've always wanted the Flyers to have a legit, like, top goalie that we can, I, I guess, build, not build the team around, but just, like, a guy that you're like, damn, like, that's the guy. Like, the Flyers, for as long as I've been alive, have always had, like, for the most part, like, stopgap goalies who were, like, three, four, you know what I'm saying? Like, not, we never had a guy who, like, was here for, like, ten years. Or, you know, you know what I mean? Like, we the Stone Cold Steve Masons and the... I don't know. You know, I, I'm drawing a blank. Robert Ash was pretty good. I, li- I liked Robert Ash. Roman Czechmonic. I'm busting out some names. Marty Buran. Stuff like that. I, I want a legit franchise goalie to hang my hat on. You know, the more shit that everyone talks about Claude Giroux, the, the better he does. They they didn't... I mean, the the thing about this is, like, you're playing the same teams over and over again in the hockey season. Like, you're only playing, like, eight teams. You know, Flyers are fifth in the East. I don't know how the playoffs work. I would love someone on here to explain to me how the playoffs work and how how do team you know what are the what are the rules this year? Like it, it seems like a, a a fun zone. They just change the rules every every you know every year. COVID or not, it's like, yeah, these three teams will get in, but then there's two wild cards and baseball last year. It was like, yeah, by the way, we're going to put like a bunch of other teams in. We're going to put like two more wild cards, and these teams will get a bye. It's like, all right, what? Whatever. But COVID, COVID is COVID. It's, you know, we're adapting, and we're getting around it, and we're making it work, folks. So... That's about it. I, all I have to say on the uh, on the sports matter. This is a little short of a podcast, but you know, like I said, I don't waste your time, folks. Uh, I just get I get I get in and I get out. Uh, I I get I do what I have to do. I say what I have to say. There will be another episode dropping tomorrow. Me and Ty Capone will go over all the UFC and and everything encompassing the UFC world. So I hope you tune in. This is the Hot Take Hotbox. My name is Matt McSweeney. Thank you for joining me.